Well, good evening, peoples of the internet. We're going into Kenter at Your Own Risk, number 14, brought to you by your co-hosts, Kent, the beautiful bald bastard, and Chris, the guy with, unfortunately, no moniker. So anyways, <laughs> we uh, are getting back together after about a month now, maybe a little bit over, five weeks, something like Close. that. Close, yeah. And uh, in this episode, we will be discussing our picks for the best horror movie beginnings. I really want Kent to start with this because I think mine uh, might be a little controversial for my number one. So I know a lot of the ones I saw on his list are going to be in my top ten too, which will make it easier to uh, just hit everything up one at a time. All right. That's solid. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of... uh just trying to figure out order, but I've got this pretty well figured out, because my number 10 requires a ton of movies, but it's all the same idea. Um, I don't know. I'll get to my honorable mentions, I guess, after the fact, because, eh, whatever. Alright, so we're doing the top 10 horror movie opening scenes, and one thing I, I kind of struggled with a little bit was, like, what is an opening scene? And it's kind of like left to everybody's open interpretation, right? And and that's going to be why I think mine would be a little controversial. But, you know, we'll, okay. get, there we'll get there. Yeah, I've been kind of curious what your number one is. My number one's been pretty well known. So, all right. Coming in at number 10 is like 15 fucking movies here. But, I, I mean, basically, if you've seen them, you kind of get, like, where I'm going with this. Ba- so, like, every Nightmare on Elm Street has an awesome opening, right? So, that's uh, basically eight movies. I'm not counting the remake, because the remake's opening in the diner wasn't really that good. But if you think about it, the very original one, I mean, it's probably most iconic with Freddy constructing his glove, and then Tina's dream, and then the boiler room, and he does the jump scare at the end. Uh, the sequel, you got the school bus, which, although the sequel sucks, that opening's probably the best part of that whole goddamn movie. It was actually pretty good, and it gave me hope the first time. And uh, it misled me. Um, part three, you had uh, Kristen drinking her fucking Diet Coke and making the house out of newspaper like fucking paper mache shit going on and uh, the little girl she's holding turns into a skeleton and so on and so forth Uh, part 4 has the great song part 5 has sex they make a baby, a sweet shower scene and a replay of like Amanda Kruger in the insane asylum part 6 is very wacky but there's a lot of comedy involved if that's your thing and New Nightmare had the on the film set and the everything kind of goes awry. Um, Freddy vs. Jason, although maybe not iconic, was cool in the fact that they they did what they could to try to t- bring in new fans. Like, hey, in case you've never seen these movies, this is what's going on type of thing. Plus, they brought back, uh, what was her name? Betsy Palmer, I think her name was, which was um, Jason's mother in the original. Um, and to keep going in this huge number 10, I also got the five final destination movies because it's kind of like along the same vein. 
it's part of a franchise. You, you have the airplane in part one, the highway incident with the logs in part two, roller coaster, racetrack, and the bridge. They're all awesome. Like that's what I, all awesome. like, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say, you know, like I'm not a big Final Destination fan. I think the movies are pretty stupid for for the most part. But I'll preface that by saying I think the beginnings with the, the incidents in all of them are pretty fucking awesome. I just think the movies yeah, fall apart it, afterwards. I mean, once again, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like their calling card is probably they had to always nail the opening. And probably my least favorite was probably part three with a roller coaster. I don't know. But yeah. And then uh, to finish off number 10, um, I'm going to give a shout out to four Friday the 13th, although I only have three listed. Part five was really good with Tommy witnessing like the grave robbers and Jason coming back to life. And he goes rear back and swing at Tommy. And that's just a dream. Now, was that the one where uh, it wasn't actually Jason? It was yeah, the, Tommy the Jarvis. Cat? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Now, part six I don't have on my list, but I talked to Eric today, and I can see where he's coming from. Part six is pretty awesome because it's like the lightning storm that brings Jason back to life. And visually, it's just kind of cool. Um, Jason Goes to Hell was actually a great opening probably the second best of all the Friday the 13th because you have the super hot chick in the New York Mets hat back when I liked baseball and I liked the Mets. So that was bonus points for me. And like, there's like this whole army just waiting to fucking <laughs> obliterate Jason. And like visually it was cool, but the best of the Friday the 13th, it quite possibly the best of everything on this entire list is Friday the 13th, the reboot in 2009, I think it was. Like, they spent 20 minutes with, like, this set of seven characters, and you're like, okay, it's kind of a small group, but, you know, they're building up, and and then they just kill them all, and then they're like, oh, by the way, that was just the introduction to the movie. And and the crowd in the theater, like... stood up and like applauded it was like the weirdest thing because i'm not i mean well you know the area that i'm from people don't generally stand up and applaud mid-movie you know so that that was a, a fucking treat to say the least so um that was all my number 10 and i promise none of my other ones are remotely as long as that well that's good because uh, we'd be like another right. year old. I, I, I concur. So, moving along. Um, let's go number nine here for me. Um, we'll go with <sighs> Halloween, which a lot of people had in their top three. And I only got at nine. And here's the fun part. I'm not really talking about the original one. The original one's good. But, I mean, he just stares at his sister's tits and then like when he stabs it's like really off center I, I you know we put the original Halloween and we I mean as a horror group horror fans we put the original Halloween on such a high pedestal and all too often I'm like what, what are we doing here you know but the good news is that the remake Rob Zombie's remake 
I don't know where we stop at opening scene, but if we consider opening scene to where Michael gets caught, that whole opening sets the tone. It was actually the absolute best part of the whole remake because it gives you insight into Michael Myers. It's called character development, and they did a great job. So I applaud the the reboot, and I know I'm in the minority, but I think that's actually an excellent opening. It's just scenes. It's not an opening scene. So I, I would agree, and I would say that, like, as much... You know, I'll give Halloween a lot of credit for especially basically being like the progenitor of the uh, slasher genre. But I don't think that the original is like a fucking perfect movie by any means. And like, I would, it wouldn't make, it didn't make my top 10. So I, I don't understand why people fucking sit there and love it so much in, in regards to the beginning. You know, uh, uh, I, I have an, I have a theory and I'm going to get to it when I get to my number two. So, okay. Um, with that being said, my number eight is shared by two very, very, very similar films. 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later. They're both excellent beginnings. Uh, 28 Days Later has the monkeys and then like the animal rights specialists come in and they're like, oh, we're going to free the helpless monkeys. Well, they got the fucking disease, rage disease. And I, that part's okay. It's when What's-His-Face fucking wakes up fucking wang exposed and all and then like he goes to like empty london and it's like a very eerie feeling and it just sets you know he goes to church the church and like that was such a good beginning that like after that i think you're hooked into the movie or you know enough where you're like well this movie's for me or it's not for me type thing and that's great but I think 28 Weeks Later actually bumped it up a notch with Robert Carlyle and that whole group that he was with and everything just goes to shit in his... Shit. I, didn't, I didn't like 28 Weeks Later as much as 28 Days Later, but I got to agree with you straight up that the, the beginning was, was way yeah, better. Yes, right. The beginning. It, I like, was that his wife, Robert Carlyle's wife? I like, I don't know if they establish if it's just a woman, like, because it's the zombie apocalypse and she's just a piece of ass, or if it's, like, his wife. I don't know, but... I, th- I thought it was supposed to be his wife because weren't his kids, like, uh, traumatized from, a, you know, uh, being abandoned, you know, the hidden abandonment right at the beginning? I think that's what it is. I, I think so, yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm, as, as I but stutter. it's over like... The, she just made the most asinine decision, then he makes the gut-wrenching decision of, you know, bailing. I don't know, it's it's just such a powerful thing, and then, like, you watch him running in, in the field, hoping to make it to that boat, and that guy's like, oh shit, this is going down. Like, everything about it was really, 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 really good. So, uh, big fan of that. Um... Moving onward and upward, let's say my number seven, which none of this is definitive as to what I'm ranking. I'm just trying to make sure I have a good top ten. It. And I I can't sit here and tell you that one's any... 
I don't really know if one's any better than the other one. I mean, they both accomplish the same damn thing. The only thing that the new one has going for it is that Pennywise talks a little fucking strange. It has that really creepy long arm, but the original one also has the little girl before the Georgie scene who gets got by Pennywise, like by the clothes hanging up and drying. So you get a bonus kill in the original yeah. one, but you get the new dialect and creepy arm. They're both iconic. Like, I, I feel like it's splitting hairs to really... S- I-, I can make an argument for either one. I enjoyed both of them. And, and no matter what, if you think of it, it doesn't matter which one. If you think opening scene, you think Georgie. Well, I, I'll, I'll say this for the, the difference between the two of them. Is that the the original doesn't hold up if you compare it to the modern now just because of the special effects datedness but if you compare it to other movies that came out at the time it still holds up reasonably well but like the fact that they actually show the violence towards Georgie in the sequel when a lot of times horror movies tend to shy away from portraying child violence uh yeah, rightfully so. They get fucking welled at for, you know, oh, whatever, you know, kind of bullshit. But, uh, you know, when, when I saw his fucking arm fall off, I was like, oh, oh <laughs> this shit's fucking legit. Yeah, the arm so, falling off. I yeah, mean, good lord. Off, I mean, well, I mean, not really falling. I'm more like, you know, ripped right. off. But. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It is something. Uh, all right. Moving on here. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess this makes some sense to me. All right, we'll do, we'll do number six. We'll do Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Once again, going old and new because they're both very different. And I'm even going to go so far as to say I have a theory here. Um, anybody that's familiar with Texas Chainsaw, the original one has one of the Sawyer brothers with the birthmark on his face and he loves cutting things. He takes pictures. He cuts the fucking dude in the wheelchair. I can't remember his name at the moment. And like, he sets the fucking tone for fucking strange. You know? But equally, once you get past the fucking Sweet Home Alabama in the remake, they pick up this hitchhiker. It's a girl and she's just fucked up in the head, but not in the same way. Not at all. Like, she's traumatized so much so that, like, she can't handle where they're heading, and then she just fucking puts a bullet through her dome. And I'm not... I, I still think the original one is a better opening, but my theory makes me like the new one almost as much. My theory is that she wasn't just a random girl. I think she was a member of the Sawyer family that was forced into inbreeding. That's my guess. That actually sounds very plausible. There's inbreeding in the fucking movies anyway, so like, it would just the way she acts, if, if you watch it again, just pay attention to how she, she doesn't necessarily act like a rape victim. She acts like she's been there for a long fucking time. That, that That's the vibe I got. So, yeah. Alright. I have... God, I only have five more to go and I probably have like seven movies. I did not do this well. Um... 
That's okay. Um, <laughs> let's go with. Uh, let's go with Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, I almost feel like stretching that and saying Twilight Zone, the movie, is just not a horror, just so I could have it not take up a space. But whatever. Um, my list is off. I don't care. I really, I, I, <laughs> I, I honestly probably spent five hours doing research for this list, so I really don't care at this point. If it's, dude, dude, when I when I saw your list was like 128 movies, I was like, yeah, I'm sure he's going to winnow it down a little bit before yes. we actually start. So, Twilight Zone, fucking Midnight Special by CCR is playing. Dan Aykroyd and uh, Albert Brooks jamming out. They play the guest the theme song game, little Hawaii Five O, and then do you really want? Do you want to see something really scary? I mean, it is fucking legendary. It is fucking iconic. It it belongs on pretty much every top ten list. I, I'm I don't know how I I think I would legitimately feel okay kicking any of these prior movies off this list before we get to this one. I think that's fair. All right. So I have four more to go. Uh, let's see. Alright, this is where uh, we start combining more movies that just don't make any sense and I don't care. Uh, coming in tied at number four. Um, Dawn of the Dead 2004. Um, I forgot how good that was and it was on a lot of people's list. I'm like, what the fuck am I forgetting? And then I rewatched it. I was like, oh yeah, you got the whole, you know, Sarah Polly, I think it was. And she, she, I yeah. like Sarah Polly. Like she just fell off the face of the earth. I feel like because she was awesome in Go and she was awesome in Dawn of the Dead. Awesome in Dawn of the Dead. She's, um, she, I saw her in something recently. She's always been the kind of actress where she picks and chooses what she wants to do instead of just jumping into shit just to do it. Like I mean, I remember seeing her as a kid. the The first thing I saw her in was I don't know if you remember, but Terry Gilliam's. Um, uh, Baron Munchausen movie? Nope, don't movie? remember it. That was the first thing I saw. It was a long time ago, uh, too. So. Okay. Was there anything good? Well, yeah, I, I love Terry okay, Gilliam, that, so... That's fair enough, then. Um, to keep going with number four, because there's like six movies in number four. Once again, I did a terrible job here. Um... Night of the Living Dead, stick with a little bit of a zombie theme. Also, just want to say that Zombieland basically straight up kind of ripped off Dawn of the Dead 2004's opening. They're very similar. I, I, I thought that was part of, like, um, I, I, on purpose. I think it was, too. Like, I, I, I just never put two and two together, I, I guess, so to speak. So I, that's more on me than, you know, them. So to speak. Gotcha. gotcha All right. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Christ, I have a lot of them for here for number four. But anyways, um, Night of the Living Dead. Uh, I I was surprised not to see this in more lists because, as you can imagine, I looked through a vast number of lists, and I mean they're they're coming for you, Barbara. Like that shit is pretty fucking legendary as far as I'm concerned. Uh, as, 
I had people. I had friends who never watched horror movies who would quote that. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would agree um, with you. What else did I have here? I had. I had to include Split. I forgot how fucking good that opening was. Like, do you remember that? Like. Yes. It was. I. I love. I love how intentional it was that like you know he fucked up the two girls in the back first and then he i i don't even know like he's just waiting for her to do to like try to escape and she's like well i have to make the fucking move at some point and like the tension was awesome in it um probably if i had an hour to redo this list split doesn't make my top 10 but since i don't have a place to put it right now it's here uh also here is a little movie called Cube that also had two sequels. Well, a sequel and a prequel. Um, if you're not familiar with fucking Cube, just fucking watch Cube. It's uh, it's available for free in probably in at least two different places is, is my speculation. So, yeah, just Cube. It, it, uh, the guy actually gets cubed, so to speak. In the opening scene, so yeah. Uh, also, and see, this is probably like a true number four here would have been Carrie because I had Carrie really high up on my list. Um, the whole gym class showers gets her fucking first period. Lots of hot seventies skanks in the locker room. Everything about this is perfect and memorable. Like. Because this was one of the earlier movies I watched as a kid. And, like, it's cool. Like, when I was a kid, I wasn't a complete and utter filthy pervert. So, like, I didn't even care about that. I was just, like, more intrigued by, like, I don't know. Actually, I was mostly intrigued by everything that would happen, like, in the latter half of the movie. But, you know, it was still a very interesting time for, for young Kent, so to speak, if you will. Uh... Still on number four, um, Jesus, uh, A Quiet Place. I felt A Quiet Place was excellent in the beginning. We've already talked about Quiet Place, I think, like, on the past, like, five fucking podcasts. There's nothing more to add to it. It was just a really good opener. And finally, at number four, because this was a seven- or eight-way tie, Suspiria. Suspiria definitely would have made an actual top 10 list. Uh, the music, the lighting, everything about it was... <sighs> it was just... I don't want to say bizarre, but it puts you in a weird mood. And it puts you in a weird mindset. I, have you seen Suspiria? No, I, you know, I never have. I'm pretty actually. sure that's possibly going to make the list for you. Uh, I still haven't seen the remake yet. I know it's on Prime, but I just haven't yet. Um, so, I think that's it for number four, and I reserve the right to come back and add more to it. So, oh yeah, probably The Shining would have also been there, but I, that kind of explains itself. Same with Demon Knight, American Werewolf in London. Shit. There's a lot of stuff here. I'm blathering on. Number three is 
a three-way tie of sorts, but it's also basically the same goddamn thing. It's the fucking story before the story. So I'm talking about Candyman. I'm talking about um, The Ring, and I'm talking about Conjuring. The Conjuring. Uh, I think The Ring was my favorite of these three, and The Ring is probably the only one of the three that would have actually made a legitimate top ten list for me. But they're all good. Like I, I like all three of them. They basically accomplish all the same thing. Candyman's is the worst because the blood from the ceiling looked fucking terrible. Uh, just absolutely terrible looking blood. I don't know why the blood looks so bad in that particular shot. And not as, like none of the other shots did the blood look that bad. Just in that shot. So I don't know. Found it weird. And then my top two, number two is Jaws. I've been arguing with people about this. I'll say this. I'll say this is why Jaws is number two. And this goes back to something I said earlier that I said I was going to get back to. I think it was in regard to Halloween. I think people that put Jaws at number one are bigger fans of films in general than the horror genre. And that's why Jaws makes it number one instead of what I have for number one. I I think it's like an appreciation of film also because, you know, it's from the 70s. So film snobs love older movies way more than they love modern movies, for instance. So I think that's why Jaws gets placed here. I'm not saying anybody's wrong for having Jaws at number one, but... I just rewatched it today, and it's great. It, it's wonderful. But it's just not as good as my number one. And my number one was obviously going to be Scream. When I think of great horror movie openings, that whole thing played out. Like, horror was kind of dead at that point. Scream brought horror back. For better or worse in how they did it, Scream brought it back. And the beginning had a lot to do with it because once you watch the beginning, I think you're going to sit through the rest of the movie. It, it was great. It was so many quotable lines. I visually, I can close my eyes and witness the whole thing play out. Like, I don't know. It had everything and it had drew Barrymore, which was also a nice callback from the eighties horror films. So there's your history fil- film snobs. It's better than Jaws. It just is. Sorry, Jim. Not sorry, Tom. I, I, I love Jaws as a movie. It's, it's, it might be in one, somewhere in my top ten of just favorite movies of all time lists. But I don't think that the, the beginning is, is where it's at. Like, for me, especially maybe back then, but you know, distancing myself from where I am now from where I was then, it's hard to do at this point in my life. Uh, you know, for me, it, it lies in the, the characterization and the building up and not kind of like something that's cheesy and doesn't really stand up in regards to the special effects and the way it was filmed uh, for the beginning. Yeah. On the other hand, I have to agree with you. Like, if I re- I'm trying to remember, for the most part, it really felt like before Scream... Like basically, you had sequelitis with the the major 
uh, so my whole number ten. <laughs> you had you had uh, lots of B movie stuff going on. Like I want to say, like pre that you had like all of the the full moon stuff, and you know I, I'm not going to say it, but like the the maniac cop, you know that kind of stuff where it's not necessarily bad movies, but stuff made without a big budget. But you know, Scream came out, and all of a sudden they remembered, you know. The basic formula and even if you weren't getting great movies you were starting to get creative movies you were getting movies with you know hey we can like i really want to think about like how many people in the 2000s had their their careers launched by starting in or being in towards the beginning of their career one of the like resurgence of horror movies at the end of the between 90s. that and i know what you did last summer alone and you know then final destination like all three of those franchises had a ton of fucking fresh new faces that went on to have great careers. Oh. Right around the right around the same time, you all said what? Disturbing behavior, the oh, faculty, the fucking faculty, stuff man, like, yeah. so good. Yes, I mean, right there, out of those four or five movies, I can think of like twenty, twenty-five people who ended up becoming, if not good actors, at least famous actors. I would agree with that. Actresses, yeah. And uh, I'm going to say that's my list, and once you're done with your list, I'm going to really rattle off a few others that just deserve to be mentioned. Because some of mine may actually be on your list. Who the fuck knows? I just... Well, I, I did okay. a top five, but okay. my, my six to ten, a lot of your, your shit that you didn't mention will be on there. So, like, let me go in. This is my six to ten. Uh... I would say uh, The Hitcher shows up in my 6 to 10. I would say... Uh, Pontypool, The Crazies, The First Resident Evil, and probably right about there, I would say 28 weeks later, and uh, Dawn of the Dead are about tied right there. I just found Pontypool for free on YouTube today, and I was like, do I get sleep or do I watch this? I did choose sleep, but later on I'm gonna watch it. I love that movie. So, <laughs> so the, that's probably my 6 to 10. So my my top, my fifth one uh, ends up being Sinister. And a lot of that is just for the simplicity. Uh, and when I'm thinking of the beginning for this movie, I'm thinking basically just the the parts pre-credits where it's just the snuff film playing with, you know, the kind of creepy music. The, the music and the four people, the family just getting hung, right? It's it takes what like a minute, and if you really just went with like quote unquote an opening scene, not like where I go twenty minutes long on a scene, yeah, sinister fucking nails it nails the fucking dismount and they're like hey we're only a minute in we got you by the balls it was great uh my number four which you touched on and i think this is because when i saw it i was like what the fuck is going on i have to find out was cube because that beginning where the dude wakes up doesn't know what's going on walks through the room and gets fucking cubed it was like i hadn't seen anything like that especially in sci-fi in a while. I was like, holy shit. 
And, um, yeah, one of the things I liked about the first one was the fact that it left a lot of shit unanswered. It, and I didn't think about it until yesterday when I, when I was watching it. I was like, he, and I hate using this term, but he literally got cubed in the opening of Cube. Like, I don't know, that that's fucking poetic or arty or, I don't know, but it was pretty fucking cool. And I wasn't yes. it was yeah that happened before Resident Evil. Like yep, I think that's I the first time I'd seen somebody get cubed. I don't know. I'm trying to think if there was something possible like in Hellraiser where that may have happened, but I think that was the first time for me. Yeah, uh, it was for me. I know that's for sure. I wasn't expecting that to. I mean, I remember like to segue into like where I was when I saw. It. I remember. Um, Jay and Buddy Bob were working at Video World at the time, and they brought that home as a new release to watch. And I was like, just out of nowhere. I mean, it wasn't like they'd seen it or heard any. You know, this is back before word of mouth and the internet really existed. So you know, something new came out. They're like, oh, this looks interesting. That holy shit. See, I I remember Sci-Fi kept advertising like they got the new rights to this movie, and like they were advertising it for. I don't know, at least a few weeks before it premiered on Sci-Fi, and that's how I ended up watching it over at Eric's. I think we watched it together for the first time. Um, yeah, it was great. Un- and unfortunately, it's like one of those movies now that uh, pe- people, I don't want to say if people forgot about, but you know, once part three or the sequel came, or the prequel came out, the franchise just died. And... Not that I want it to be rebooted, but whatever it takes to get me another cube, I'm on board with at the moment. My number three is one that I had never seen before I started doing this this horror group with you. And uh, I didn't see it on any lists, and it really surprised me, but I really liked the beginning to Dead Silence. Oh. I didn't even consider that. I thought they did a really good job of between... Intro, building suspense, scares, and like, I think parts of the rest of the movie fell apart, but I think the the beginning was one of the strongest point parts of that movie. Yeah, I'm really upset with myself now. Well, I mean, it would have just been like the 63rd on my list, but I mean, it would have been on my list as one of the numerous movies. <laughs> So my number two is Scream, because like you said, it A, I think it's just a good movie in the first place. B, it reinvigorated the entire genre as a whole. And I think that's why we, we see, you know, a lot of the, the movies coming out now, like Andrew Muschietti or Andre of Regidal, however you pronounce his name, I'm, I'm butchering it. But you know, like the people who were our age at the time it came out, are now, and went on to be become filmmakers and creative and whatnot, are now turning to horror as a legitimate genre and making badass movies. Um, plus, I mean, it's it, it subverted the tropes and expectations. I mean, like, one of the things that I saw in uh, some of the, the articles that I was reading to research this, you know, were the fact that, like, 
part of the movie coming out, Drew Barrymore was basically the biggest name, and then she gets got in what the first five minutes, six minutes. Oh yeah, completely. Like Drew Barrymore was the focus because I don't know how familiar I was with anybody else in in that movie. But I was like, oh, there's a familiar face. Cool. Cool. I mean, I, I was like, okay, Corny Cox I recognized from Friends. Neff Campbell I had seen The Craft. Because you know that was like when my family—well, I can't say my family, but my brother and my—that part of my circle were going through like their whole Wiccan thing. Um, but yeah, I don't remember seeing Skeet Ulrich, Matthew Lillard. Uh, that's the first thing I saw Ross McGowan in, Jimmy Kennedy. I don't even know if I was familiar with Arquette prior to that. To be perfectly honest, I know he had done stuff, but I can't think of what it would have been that I would have seen him having done quite frankly that. probably the number two probably the number one draw actually was Wes Craven then Drew Barrymore's number two for me and everybody else was just like I you're right I did I did know who Courtney Cox was only because of fucking friends which is regrettable in every aspect of my life well, that and the, the Masters of the Universe movie so that is for free on voodoo right now and that was a choice I had to make because if you watch something on voodoo uh, one of their superhero movies that's for free, you get to rent, uh, oh, it's like us, uh, I don't know, but you get to rent Glass. Glass is one of the options you get to rent for free, and since I wanted to watch Glass, I was like, I'll put on The Running Man while I sleep. So. Dynamo! So fucking amazing. <laughs> God damn it. You know, I, I also want to say with Scream, Scream 2 was a really good opening in the movie theater. I really liked that, like, because expectations were sky high for it. And although, I mean, obviously it couldn't live up to the original, it was a really good opening. And Scream 4's opening was actually pretty good. The only one that wasn't good and goes hand in hand with the rest of the franchise is that Scream 3 just kind of sucked. I liked the movie overall, but yeah, it was the weakest beginning. One of the things that I really liked about Scream 2, though, was how it gave us the scenes for Scary Movie as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is true. Like the uh, the glory oh, hall? Oh, god damn it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Alright, and so my, my number one pick, which might be controversial, because again, it like you said, it's going to depend on what you define as a beginning... But I think because it basically almost separates itself straight in half by type of movie, I would say from dusk till dawn. Because I think that whole Tarantino portion, prior to the horror starting, for me is the start of the movie. I I went back and forth on this, and I was uh, around like five a.m. I was going to actually message you and be like. Is from dusk till dawn on your list because the only thing I knew from from your list was that Scream was going to be on it and that you had a controversial number one. And as I was going through everything, I was like, "How does from dusk till dawn fit? Because it's not really horror in the beginning, but it's so fucking good." And I did not send that message. I also didn't send the other seven messages that I was but, going to ask you that were really inane. So you're lucky. But I could I could see, I could make a case for either way. But in in my opinion, you know, it's it's not the before the credit scene that makes it, but it's the fact that the movie abruptly segues so so rapidly from genre to genre 
that really makes me say like, well, you know, everything up until basically they run into Cheech doing his uh, attention pussy lover speech. It's basically the beginning. I of think the that's fair, and it's a good choice, really good choice. Uh, something. I mean, if you if you if we disqualify it, then yeah, Scream is my number one, hands down. <laughs> Just like you said, but if it if it qualifies, then it's from dusk till dawn. To from uh, all right, it has to qualify if only because if you said what's the main genre from dusk till dawn, it's horror. So it's a horror film, and it's an opening scene. And if I'm going to say that the first 20 minutes of fucking Friday the 13th reboot counts, then yeah, this also has to fucking count. It's my way of looking at it. Yeah, it's, a, it's a little longer than 20 minutes. Though. It is. I, I know. <laughs> that's that's kind of running the line. Half the movie. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a hell of a no. It, it really sets the stage for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Richie. Uh, did, did you mean what you said back there? <laughs> like, I I love how creepy Tarantino is that fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job. You know, and like I know a lot of people love George Clooney. I I like him. You know, take him or leave him. Like I liked him much better as like Danny Ocean than I did in a lot of the shit I'd seen previously to that, but I think he did a good job as Seth too. I mean it's probably one of my three favorite roles like, of Clooney's. Yeah, like, I, I love that, you know, I'm an asshole, but I'm not a fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm sitting here trying to think, like, all right, you got, you just named two movies. I'm trying to think of, like, another, there's had, had to be another Clooney movie that I liked. I'm just struggling to think of what that would be right now. What was that one? Was it The Quiet American? Was that the one where you played the, uh, the assassin uh, if it is I didn't uh, see it and there was the one where he did the uh, the whole salesman during the uh, economic downturn Vera Farmiga and oh and up in the, the air turn. right oh. that movie is great yeah, yeah, that, yeah. there you go that's probably my number three I couldn't remember what it was called yeah do you do you want can or do you want cancer or something like that uh, I, I liked how they really wrote that particular scene I don't know um, before we end this, I, I feel like since I put in five hours, I feel like I'm going to just list off a few other ones that didn't quite make my list of 25 million. Um, I feel like, you know, by and large, Rob Zombie does a pretty good good job with his openings. Actually, it's probably the best part of almost all of his movies aside from Lords of Salem. Even like 31, which wasn't a good movie, the opening was really good. It was just the dude kind of like talking to the camera, although he's really talking to his soon-to-be victim. He did really good with that. House of a Thousand Corpses, he did great with Spaulding. I mean, I, 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 I love that whole opening with Captain Spaulding. And even Devil's Rejects, yeah, you had the big shootout at the house, and then Midnight Rider, I, and they captured Mama Firefly, or whatever the fuck they call her. I liked that. I don't know. I, I think Rob starts off strong, and he kind of almost fits like the horror trope of start strong and very weak uh, in most of his movies. And... I wonder if his sex is like that. Maybe that's why the 
the beginning of you know more human than human is as short as it is i feel like that's kind of sums up my sex life start strong end with a whimper yeah <laughs> that's a lot yeah of i mean that life. is i mean isn't that the definition of sex <laughs> um i'm just trying to think like other things that really deserve to be pointed out you know like um house on haunted hill the remake i love that opening there was a lot of misdirection yeah i like that too and i also like asylums asylums are a guilty pleasure of mine so they have like the old footage of the asylums then the shit with uh what was it jeffrey rush and uh yep. lisa loeb like people forget that that was lisa loeb the chick that sang the 1994 classic stay i think that was i don't know it's like 94 95 someplace in that general area she also did another horror movie too she wasn't bad in it um maximum overdrive of course i have to get maximum overdrive in because the bank says fuck you and it calls stephen king an asshole and then we get acdc i had to mention that um teeth have you ever seen teeth uh you know what it was one of the ones that made my list of shit i wanted to watch when it was coming out and uh I forgot where it was when it came out. Was it after 2007? Oof. It was in that general area. I, yeah, actually, I don't remember if that came out when I was still in the Army or if it was like right after I came out or got out of the Army. Um, uh, but yeah, so I'm familiar with what it is, but I've never seen it. All right. I, I will say that the opening is really charming. I mean, you, you know what the fucking premise is. <laughs> and it's just great, like, because I mean, it doesn't ruin anything. It just kind of sets the stage of, like, when she was younger with her possibly, like, soon-to-be stepbrother, and he's kind of like a jerk to her. And then, like, they're sitting in a waiting pool, and <laughs> he just goes... He pull like pulls his dick out, and they're they're like I don't know five or so, like they're young. He's like, all right, now you show me yours, and then like it cuts, and like he's like screaming, and like his fingers fucking cut because it's been bit, and it's a charming little opening. It's actually it was probably one of the my favorite ones that I didn't remember. Like most of these I'd remembered, but that one I'd completely forgotten, and it made me laugh a lot. So. Comedy wise, great. Um, another under the radar movie, The Girl in the Photographs. It was Wes Craven's last movie. Have you ever seen that? I've never seen that. I was wondering. I was going to ask you about that. If that uh, I really liked it. Like, I, I would say, um, I mean, I love Catherine Isbell. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. Like, a, she's hot, but b, she's picks good yeah. projects. Yeah, um, well. she's the main focus in the opening, and she's almost quote, the Drew Barrymore of, of this, because she doesn't, gotcha. you know, it's for the opening. Um, so that's really, really good. I don't want to ruin it, because I think that's probably going to be the second movie I'm going to have you watch. Um, Train to Busan. Gotcha. I forgot how much I enjoyed the deer getting up after, you know, the guy hit it. Like, how they filmed it it was really creepy and i thought that looked great um you're next a great movie that i don't own and it has larry pheasant in it and i'm a huge is that the one with the uh 
the cover with the dude with the, like the yes. animal mask? Yes. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen I, I really enjoy it, and I'm I, I, mad at myself for not owning it yet, but uh, I put it on my list, so in October, when it goes on sale, hopefully I'll buy it. Um, you know, and I don't even think I mentioned Children of the Corn, which probably belonged in top ten. The Diner Massacre fucking fantastic everybody knows that one trick-or-treat everybody kind of knows that um mirrors we've already talked about ad nauseum but the opening itself was really good uh demon knight first the comedy bit the hot chick yeah i don't remember how they they do like where crypt keepers like like you don't know it but like they're they're making like a movie and you know, you have the hot chick, and then like the Crypt Keeper's like, cut, 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 and then they, you know, do some funny bits, and then the movie opens with Filters, Hey Man, Nice Shot, and Billy Zane is chasing after William Sadler. It, it's just cool. Like, I don't know. Cool is, is the best way I can describe that, and it's so much better than Bordello of Blood. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, the Stand. It's funny how Demon Knight was a good movie and Bordello of Blood was just a piece of shit. And Bordello of Blood was better than The Ritual. Or wait, was it called The Ritual? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, The Stand. I just bought The Stand for $5 on Voodoo. I didn't realize I could get that for that cheap considering it's a six-hour movie, but for five bucks, you can get it on Voodoo. And the opening of that is Captain Trips spreading and a little fucking blue oyster called Don't Fear the Reaper. It's great. Um, we didn't touch on the collection or ghost ship, and those are both of the same kind of... Uh, I've never seen ghost ship. You know, I've, I've heard... Like, I saw it hit, like, so many lists, and for like a good beginning and I've seen it hit so many lists for like shitty movie. It is a shitty movie that is defined by its opening scene and nothing else. But like as much as I like the collection, the beginning, I was just like, how, how, what, how completely nonsensical. How? how, Yeah. This, this guy is, he's like a, he's a superhero. He's like super engineer man. (laughs) <laughs> he can create engineering traps in like 15 seconds between people looking at him. But yeah, yeah, from what I understand, you know, like the ghost ship is pretty much the only movie that like bypasses the, the body count in the beginning. Yeah, I, I think ghost ship is the only one that uh, they, they, they're probably number one and number two. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to end this on. I just watched Darkness Falls, but I'm not ending on that. I'm ending on a little movie called Stephanie, which I really encourage people to watch. I may or may not still be on Netflix. Was that the one with um, uh, Frank Grillo? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Have have you seen it? Uh, Yes. Yes, I have. Actually, I think I watched it because you recommended it to me. Did you did you like the movie? Because I really I thought it was I didn't love it, but I really really liked it. I thought it was a great idea. Yes, I did. I liked it. And I mean, the whole opening is just like she's kind of by herself, but you know, there's like this fucking 
thing with her, this presence, and I, I, I don't know, I really like it. And I also want to say, I think Frank Grillo does pretty good in picking some of his roles. I, I, I really like Frank. So, I do too. He's oh shit. Who did somebody said he was like the B movie version of I forgot who they said, but I was like, yeah, you're you're exactly fucking right. He, he, yeah, he, he's. I don't know. He's really risen up to the point where if I see that he's in a movie and like Voodoo's having a three for five dollar mix and match, if he's in a movie, I'm buying it. So kudos to Frank Grillo and his good movie choices. Um, (laughs) I will say to anybody listening to this, if uh, I am definitely not this month. Next month, though, I'm going to be catching up and posting a lot of the stuff that I have not posted because I have to post it before October. And what I, even though I've run my mouth for the vast majority of this podcast, this really doesn't scratch the surface of everything that I actually have written down because I really fucking went in depth on this. So there's like probably another 30 movies that I didn't even touch on. So. That will be up on 9deuce.com at some point. So, tell me again how much you like The Descent Camp. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of the one joke that I had planned. <laughs> yeah, dead last. I mean, it's worse than... Oh, fuck. Grindhouse, Tarantino's one. Not Plant Terror, but... Yeah, uh, death so... It, the Descent's the worst, and probably Death Proof is the next worst. I fucking... The Descent... It, it, the Descent really is like that line where, like... I will often watch shitty movies, and in the beginning I'll be like, well, that was terrible, but it wasn't as bad as The Descent. Like, that's where The Descent is. As far as opening that movie, it's just, oh, we're four, we're like five or six girls, we're having fun, girls just want to have fun. <laughs> Oh, fuck me, man. (laughs) It is such bullshit. That movie gets... Talk about a movie that gets put on a pedestal for modern movies. Mm. Yeah. Like, the movie itself's okay once you get past the opening. The opening's by far the most hindering aspect of that movie, though, for me. And I will say that... Like, I had, like, a list of movies I hadn't seen. Like, The Stepfather was on a lot of people's list, and you've seen that. Would you say that's a good opening? Yeah, it's, it's okay. I mean, I get I get where they're coming from, but... It, um, it all depends on what you're looking for in an opening. Like, if I was doing one where I was trying to pick choices that were completely different from the other choices, yeah, that would probably have made, like, a top ten for me. I also watched, like, the opening uh, of The Hitcher, and I was like, that's a movie I definitely want to watch. Yeah, that was um, another one. I, I really enjoyed, like, I kind of skimmed through, and I was like, alright, I, I can definitely get behind this, so I, I have that earmark to watch. And The Black Coat's Daughter is a I think it was like a 2016 movie that has a lot of I don't know good talk about it. Yeah, that was that was one that I saw hit, hitting lists that um I was like interested in. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I probably have like a list of ten different things here. Uh, a lot of it's older shit, but that was an, a newer one, and I really want to see it. I also just saw the opening for My Bloody Valentine like hours ago. I'd never seen the original. Um, that was fun. Fun. I still had it, and for some reason, 
let me just say that I didn't buy it, so it would have probably been the only other person in my house who's old enough to buy stuff. Uh, I have the remake. Oh, okay. I still haven't seen the remake either, to be perfect. I've never seen... I, I don't know shit about the story to either one. Uh, it's 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 I, okay. I everything I've ever read, I'm like, I don't understand why people like. I'm going to compare it to the fog. I've never understood the appeal of the fog. I like John Carpenter a lot. I don't think the fog's very good. Yeah, it, it's okay, and it has a good cast, but. That's kind of where I'm drawing my line, is that it's okay. So, all right. With that being said, I'm good on this. I mean, we can move along if you want to the next episode. I'll uh, drain Snoop if you want. Sounds good. Okay, so, yeah, this will be up in September, like everything else that we've worked on the past, like, four or five months. Ninedeuce.com. Ninedeuce.com. Website that's definitely not currently under construction in any way whatsoever. Nine deuce. You heard it here. You, well, I guess you make, you know, better get your ass cracking because you're going to have a whole bunch of shit to post on September 2nd. Yeah. Well, I'm going to announce what movie I'm working on for September 2nd, but we'll do that in the next podcast. Alrighty. Alright, guys. This was Chris and Kent. We will talk to you uh, later. Maybe you'll stay through and hear us on our next one that we're about to do in a second. Or maybe uh, we won't talk to you for a couple months. But either way, have a good one. Sweet.